design coordinator, floral designer, and thrift-obsessed mama too. I'm here to give you the truth about wedding planning, the real process, the real people behind them, and the behind-the-scenes details you wish you knew about weddings. One question I find myself asking a lot as a wedding coordinator is why. I ask my clients why they are making the choices they are, why they're choosing to include a certain item, why they're choosing the color scheme, why they're choosing the location, why they're choosing the time of year, why they're choosing the people that they're going to celebrate with. I feel like often in the wedding industry, we spend a lot of time on the what, the when, the where, and the who of weddings, and definitely not enough time asking couples why they're making the choices that they are. I'm super excited because I've been diving into the history of the wedding industry from the side of things about all about why the industry became what it is. I'm reading Brides Inc, The American Wedding and the Business of Tradition by Vicki Howard and it has been mind blowing and there are so many highlights and notes already. It's stuff I already knew, but this is tangible evidence. She has an index full of references to advertisements and diaries and, and other resources that explain exactly what happened that led us to having this consumer mindset about an intimate day that a wedding is. Wedding gowns weren't always white. Wedding venues didn't always exist. And grooms did not always wear rings. All of these things are manufactured traditions or heavily elaborated traditions intended to influence consumers to purchase something, to want something, to idolize this thing, this ideal wedding that costs a lot of money and requires you to purchase things, services or items, whatever that is. And it makes sense. A capitalist market relies on a dependable market for sustained business. Someone is always getting married, so they elaborated or invented traditions and sold these ideas through creative influential marketing. People began to actually want what they sold. So they saw a potential market and then created it and then influenced us all as a country to idolize and want that. It happened right at the same time as we were at our lowest at a nation, as a nation. So we were coming out of the Great Depression and people wanted something to reach for. And department stores and other big corporate businesses needed something to sell to people so that they could in turn start driving profits again. And celebrations, it from a business side of things, ignoring the fact that taking advantage of people who are at a low point and don't necessarily have money to spend, but the celebrations was an obvious route of creating a marketplace for to, to drive business. And we loved it. We we latched on to all of these ideals as consumers. In America, we are a culture 
of consumption. We are constantly consuming something. We are selling our, ourselves and being sold to without even realizing it. On social media every single day, we are being influenced to buy or influenced to spend our time somewhere so we can be advertised to so someone else can make money. And that we got to this point because we've been that for a, a long time. A hundred years ago, we began the process and the steps towards becoming consumer-minded and consumption-minded with our weddings, too. When you think of a wedding, you probably think of something fairly elaborate, but we don't necessarily picture this elaborate event as elaborate or as overconsumption, which sometimes for some people that's perfectly acceptable. But if you're an average person, especially a millennial or somebody just coming out of college, you probably are already starting your life off in debt and you want to get married. And the route, the, the, the right way, according to our current society, is through a wedding that is massive amounts of consumption and costs. We've created a consumer marketplace around something that people do on a regular basis. And it's our culture. It's not going to go anywhere. The obsession with showing off materialistically is not going anywhere right now. We would literally need another Great Depression to slow us down and make us realize as a society, as a country, as a nation, that it's it's too much, that it's, it's not necessary to follow this path of consuming and showing off to get married. The last two years, I have spent grappling with myself over my career in this industry because I while I am definitely an entrepreneur and definitely on board with capitalism and being able to create something that solves a problem and in turn benefits you by being able to pay your bills and support your family, I'm all for that. I am also totally 100% against corporations and industry taking advantage of people. I am 100% against the fact that People are going into debt in order to get married because they think that that's what you have to do. So I've been dealing with deciding whether this is where I want to be. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm entirely invested in my work. I've spent a lot of time, a lot of money learning to be the best I can as a wedding coordinator. And I, I love giving my couples and their and their friends and family and their guests the work that I do. Back when I started, I saw that the average wedding was far larger and more complicated than the couple or their family were experienced in being able to plan or pull off. They were not fully enjoying the day that they were spending so much time and money on because it was so ridiculously stressful. And that's the moment I decided to become a wedding coordinator. I wanted to fill that gap and I knew that I wanted to do a damn good job at it. I wanted to come in and take care of the logistics and have them give me the, like, this is our vision, this is our plan, and then fill in those pieces that they were missing in order to make this event run logistically smoothly. Um, now, there are definitely wedding coordinators out there who don't 
do that. They see the the pretty things and they see the 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 decorations and the food and the making the decisions, but they don't understand event logistics or event planning. And so they show up and they are saying that they're going to be your wedding coordinator, but they're not doing that a good job. I don't believe I'm that person because I care about the details and I care about making sure your decor is the way you want it, but I care more about making sure that you're not stressed and making sure that the massive 200 person event that you're putting on is actually going to flow and function properly and that there's somebody there who can solve problems and answer questions and just in general provide very clear, concise, and understandable directions on how each task should function. So I love my job. I really do. I enjoy my couples. I enjoy the work that I give them. Um, it's so, sometimes incredibly stressful. There are often so many people involved in the wedding, um, friends and families, or who aren't even involved, who are just there as a guest or somebody to enjoy it, who have their own expectations and their own ideal of what this other person's wedding should be and then they freak out or are upset when it's not that and then my job is to calmly explain to them that hey it's not your wedding and I'm not working for you I'm sorry I'm gonna do it the way that the couple wanted typically their kids um so you have the times where shit hits the fan and the wedding is going good from the guest point of view, but there's stuff happening behind the scenes that you're trying to solve quickly, like getting 125 people fed because the caterers showed up and the chicken was raw. That's happened. But regardless of what problems I'm solving or fires I'm putting out or over entitled people I am trying to calmly and coolly handle instead of freaking out and telling them that they're wrong, I still enjoy the work that I do. I still enjoy the outcome. And I love the thank you. The, the, when, when the couple gets to the end of the day and they, they realize, like, wow, that was so much more than we expected. Thank you for making it all happen. I sit here right now recording this, looking up at a bulletin board in front of me that's coded in thank you letters from my couples. That's my driving purpose. I want to give my couples an awesome wedding experience that is not the one that I was seeing happen over and over and over again before I chose to switch directions from running a venue to coordinating events. But then I learn that couples are paying for my services on credit cards or they are deciding not to go on a honeymoon because they are having their wedding and it's cost so much or they are putting a pause on bigger, more important purchases like a house or paying off their student loans because they're getting married. And that doesn't make sense to me. It does not make sense that one day, one day is going to disrupt their life so much because that is what is culturally normal this obsession with consumption and showing off materialistically and having a wedding that is captured perfectly well enough that it could be the next viral wedding on Pinterest is not okay with me. 
and I don't want that to be what most people do if they know the other option and can make the choice that's right for them. And I'm not saying that let's all stop having big weddings, let's all stop doing it that way. No. If that's what's right for you, awesome. But I want you to be able to make an informed decision. So that's what I'm going to try and help you do today. So what are some of our current traditions in our society that were manufactured, that were not a real thing until advertisers started to tell you you should want them? Well, engagement rings did not always used to be a thing. And groom's rings did not always used to be a thing. But then a need for a new market to sell to, for a new increase in profits for corporations and larger companies and jewelers and department stores competing for your business needed something new to sell to you. So they made this idea, like, why does the woman, the only one who gets a ring, why can't this be two together? Specifically for the groom's rings, it was at the time where, like, equality of the sexes started to become prominent and and women wanted to be seen more as equals. So instead of just taking away the ring, the industries were like, oh, well, we'll make you equal by also selling the man something. Almost every single wedding has ring exchange. It's part of our tradition, but it wasn't always. It was a invented tradition because society started making shifts and industry kept up and influenced us with advertising to change what we do. And they did and we accepted it and now that's our tradition. But it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Wedding dresses, they were not always white They were not always something that you only wore one time. They used to be more practical and you'd buy a dress that you could wear many times and they wouldn't be just one color and influenced to believe it was our idea and our tradition that you get one dress that you're going to wear one time and that's it. And that's what we do now. Event venues and community halls, those were always a thing because we have always gathered together as a community of more people together in a space than we can fit in our home. Always been a thing. But wedding-specific venues has not. And that started around the mid-century. And it was a part of this need of, of this, indus- this growing industry that they there needed to be venue spaces that were specific to weddings because weddings were getting bigger and getting more focused and more defined as what they should be. Wedding receptions became, you know, the tradition of you ate, you needed a space to eat, you needed a space to dance, and you needed a space for mingling and cocktail hour. And so venues that were designed specifically for gatherings of like wedding receptions became a thing. And now, Most wedding venues also have a spot for your ceremony or multiple locations for you to choose from for your ceremony. So that way you don't have to transport your guests from the ceremony to to the reception. Aunties and grandmas and moms used to cook meals and bake the cake and it wasn't always necessary to have a caterer 
And catering is the biggest expense, especially if you have the average of around 150 people for your wedding. That's so much. Before you make choices on what your wedding is going to look like, really think about why you want something. Do you want it? Because it's going to bring you joy and like true joy, not just materialistic joy. Is it going to bring you joy and create memories for you and, and be an experience that lasts more and lingers longer than the 24-hour period, sometimes even the eight-hour period that is your wedding day? Or do you want it because it's what the industry tells you that you should have? Do you want it because you want to be able to post your wedding pictures on social media and have all your friends be like, ooh, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I would want and and see other people covet what you have? Really ask yourself why. I encourage my couples when they're starting to plan to sit down and create their vision and then sit down with their with your partner, so together, create that vision and then ask yourself on every single thing, why? Why do I want this? And write that out and then look at it and be mindful of why you're making your choices. And then prioritize. Holy cow. Because at the end of the day, those top three priorities are going to be the things that stuck out to you and that linger longest in your memory. The items you choose to include that you included because of influence from other people are not always going to be awesome experiences. If you're expending your time and energy on things that you don't deep down truly want and that aren't actually a priority and are are simply because someone else told you you should, you're just not going to enjoy it in the moment as much as you would the things that you deeply want. The things that you have a good core reason why you want. I encourage you to break away from the norm and do the things that feel right for you. Celebrate in a way that feels right for you. Have a ceremony in a location that's awesome. Maybe don't even think about having a wedding at a wedding venue. Look into your community centers. Look into your state and local parks. They have some awesome locations, you guys. My wedding venue was great and it was not a wedding venue. It was a state park. As you're planning, as you're making decisions, remember the reasons why our traditional wedding elements are what they are that they're manufactured, they're elaborated traditions from earlier in the 1900s that were made bigger and more intricate so that you would feel influenced to consume a product or a service that someone else would profit from. Now, remember how I said that I've been grappling for a really long time about whether or not I wanted to stay working in this industry I love my couples and I love the job that we do as wedding coordinators. I think we are so valuable and and a good wedding coordinator makes so much of a difference on a wedding day. But I didn't want to be profiting personally from my couples who were paying for me on credit or who were paying for me by delaying another life goal. 
I was not okay with that. I'm still not okay with that. It, it tortures me to, to accept payments from couples who I know are struggling to pay for their wedding financially. I don't like it, but I, I have to work in order to pay for my family's expenses. So I found a middle ground. I found a purpose in me being here in the wedding industry. I've spent the last three years learning about marketing and learning how to reach my ideal couple so that I'm working with the people who who agree with the things that I agree with. So that I'm working with couples who are making intentional choices with their wedding day and need help making it a reality and need help maybe having a buffer between them and the other people in their life who are trying to pressure them into doing a wedding their way instead of the couple's way. And so that's what I do on a personal level with my couples. But then I've been learning so much about influencing and about marketing and and I as I learn more and more about how the wedding industry was created all around influencing people to want something they didn't already want, I realized that I could solve a problem that I saw in the industry by sharing with you that knowledge. It's by helping you make informed choices, by explaining why we do things this way now. I wanna help make a culture shift happen so that way we're moving away from doing things simply because we were told to by somebody who wants to make money off of us and instead help you find a way to celebrate your marriage that makes sense for you that isn't a financial burden and that's so much more fun than just inserting yourself into your ideal pinterest board it it's just gonna be about the experience and the memories you're making and choosing intentional locations and and things to include that work for you, that don't work for the industry, but that work for you. So yeah, I'm kind of hurting myself a little bit by sharing some of this because it takes away some of my, my market. Because if I, if people are making smaller weddings happen, then they might not actually need a wedding coordinator. And I'm okay with that. Because there will be the people who do want to have a larger wedding and who do need help. They need a wedding coordinator or a planner. And I'll be here to serve them. But if I'm helping more people avoid having a terrible experience with getting married, then I'm definitely okay with helping you and giving you the knowledge that I have. Take everything that is normal and average and traditional about weddings right now with a grain of salt. Know that it is there because we were influenced by industry to make it so. So that we would consume products and services and someone else would make money. It's okay to buy things. It's okay to hire services that you need, but don't feel pressured to go above and beyond or bigger than what you want. Don't feel pressured to make your wedding look like the ideal industry wedding. Feel liberated and and free to create an experience that works for you, that fits in your budget, that does not impede your ability to move forward with your life because your wedding day is only one day. 
It's a celebration. The wedding industry is just that. It's an industry. It's a money-making industry that is worth almost $100 billion this year. And that's okay. We live in America, and we are a capitalist culture, and it's totally okay to create a business venture that solves a problem and helps people, and in turn, you reap some rewards. That's awesome. But what's not awesome is the fact that we are so consumed with consuming that we forget to be intentional in our choices. So I really encourage you to be intentional, create a vision, set your priorities, stick to your budget so it's not impeding the rest of your life, and make more informed choices about what and why you include something in your wedding. (laughs) 